0: Welcome to the Future of Email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge Podcast future of email. Let's go. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email Marketing. My, my guest today, Nicole Denise Phillip from ME Marketing. Nicole, right? I can go with just Nicole?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Because
0: if I say Nicole <laughs> Denise, I'll drop one or the other. Well, well, welcome. Tell, uh, tell the audience a little bit about you and your business, please.
1: Sure. Well, I'm so excited to be here. First, let me greet you. Thank you so much. But yes, again, my name is Nicole Denise Phillip. I am the owner of ME Marketing, which is a marketing agency where we focus on leaders and entrepreneurs that desire to build a business that inspires.
0: Nice. 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 And, and, and we were talking a little bit beforehand um, you've got a substantial percentage of customers um, who have some component of, of faith or faith-based drive to what they do as well. Right. Ministry event is another interpretation of, uh, of ME marketing. How
1: long have you been doing this? Yes. So I've been in entrepreneurship for about 12 years now. I started my business while working corporately. Mm-hmm. And so I actually managed to do both. If if you're in that transition of going from corporate to your own business, mm-hmm. it is doable. And one of the turning points in my career was actually getting laid off as a manager. And yeah. so I remember the day it was February 17th. I will never forget <laughs> and uh, walked in and they decided to lay all of us off. We were actually merging with another uh, company. Yeah. And because of that merger, there was some um, a layoffs to the organization. And I was a part of that. But wow. it was a it was really the uh, catapult that allowed me to focus just on entrepreneurship.
0: Wow, good for you. That's a it's a it's a healthy way to tackle it, especially when it's a you know, when it's a merger and a bunch of people are going out the door. Like it's it's really not personal. Someone somewhere made a numbers decision, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and I take it you like the difference between the two a little bit.
1: <laughs> yes. I love my freedom.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I
1: cannot see myself uh going back to corporate.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I mean as as a fellow entrepreneur, I, I agree about the freedom. Um, there's definitely a different cost in terms of yes. responsibility and and uh, details. Like no one no one does the stuff for you. You got to do it.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> Marketing stuff, accounting stuff, you know, technical you stuff, whatever have the load is. Lack like,
1: of all trades.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You and, really do, and
1: it can really be frustrating, but. Mm. Um, when you look at the things that you have learned mm-hmm. in, you know, tapping into all of those um, areas in your business, it really does make for uh, more success when you have some knowledge. You don't have to be an expert, one that really teach right. teaches on the gift of genius, but uh, it does enrich your business.
0: Now, where what have you found helpful? In learning the things that that you've mastered about being an entrepreneur?
1: The biggest thing is persistence. <laughs> I was just I watching
0: said, this. I was watching the TED talk on grit the
1: yes, other day, right? Exactly. right?
0: Right. Persistence and passion.
1: Yes, because there are so many external things that change uh in, in business and in branding that you have to know how to enjoy the ride. <laughs> and I really believe the one that stays in the game wins mm. because it allows you to learn. It allows you to be present in, in the room, mm-hmm. because if you quit and, and you're not in the room, you really aren't in the position to win. Right. And so. Just continuing to push through has been the core value, a personal core value of mine, Mm -hmm. as well as getting in rooms where there are people who know more than you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: you are able to glean from their wisdom and experience. Mentorship has been the catalyst for the growth of my agency.
0: Good for you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So some significant matters in your past, it sounds like.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's cool, and 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 it's usually it's equally rewarding for the the mentor and and the mentee. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I heard someone the other day say careers are are um, learn then earn then return. That's how they that's yes. how they broke it down. I'm thinking. Well, we all kind of have to do all three at the same time right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jugg, juggle juggle all, uh, all, all three of those balls. Um, you focus on helping your clients with you know, coaching on how they execute as an entrepreneur or the marketing piece of their particular enterprise or a bit of both.
1: Yes, a bit of both. So majority of my work is around branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. But in our conversations and consulting sessions, I've learned that there are just business and character principles mm-hmm. of my clients that they, you know, open up and ask me for advice. And so over the last year really with the pandemic, I've structured that conversation a little bit more so that as we are building marketing campaigns and, and branding campaigns mm-hmm. that leader or business owner can grow uh, professionally along with uh, their business as well.
0: Okay. Okay. That's uh I mean, marketing I think is one of the most difficult more difficult uh, uh, and fast changing dimensions of a business these days yes. so for you to help help with help with both of those and and uh, help someone figure out how to latch on and execute on both of those. Right. Uh, certainly makes a ton of sense to me. Hey, dot over to your, dot over to your uh, ministry side clients for a second. I mean, this, this, this intrigues me. Um, sure. What, what's the, what's the big adjustment for let's say a, a faith-based or faith-centric business who says we need to pay more attention to our, our brand and our our, our marketing, because there, there used to be a tension about those words.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right?
0: We've got but, to kind uh, of get over.
1: I'll tell you this. The conversations that I've had with many faith-based leaders mm-hmm. prior to the pandemic yeah. was a lot more difficult. Um, just because they naturally lead with their heart. Yeah. And their faith uh, tells them that it will happen uh, based upon belief. And I do uh, agree with that. But there is some strategic things that just every business has to do in order to make themselves known to their target market. And so. After the pandemic, when it became essential to provide uh, virtual experiences, now my leaders are coming to me and saying, hey, how do we do this? How do do we enrich our virtual experience or stand out with so many different things on their newsfeed? Hmm. And a lot of that has to do with their branding and their marketing. Right. yes, so that has really um, helped out. But a lot of times, this last point, a lot of times I help them understand that what you're doing is you are showing up and allowing other people to know that you exist. If we just have the principle of being um, in the room or being present or expanding your reach, a lot more conversation and agreement happens after understanding that principle.
0: Okay, I'm going to go really historical broad strokes for a second, so bear okay. with me. <laughs> you look back, uh, you know, 500 odd years, advent of print, uh, it, it put a significant pressure on the, the, the functionings of faith-based institutions, which were predominant social institutions at yes. the time, right? You had printed Bible bad, printed Bible good, like massive tension. People burned at the stake, little minor details like that. But eventually, pretty mm-hmm. much everyone had to adjust, right? Everyone yeah. had to sort of exist in the exist in the print world, and then twentieth century had a had an an adjustment or some adjustments to the dominant media: radio, television, or like the broadcast media mm-hmm. of the day. Not all churches. Uh, were on tv not all faith-based ministries had television ads radio ads etc right um but this this abrupt pandemic event which which essentially pushed work and life online
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and gave us a you know gave us a real boot in the boot in the backside to in order to make things work we had to go digital faster than we were getting there before Yes. Uh, it seems like it's kind of made it absolutely necessary for businesses of all sorts, including faith-based, like, you've got to figure this out. Why? Because for at least a year there, nobody's butt was in a
1: pew. Right, right, (laughs) right. And so so here's what I'm finding in the industry, that a lot of um, uh, faith-based organizations are kind of starting to do both, because they open back up. Yeah they have learned how to do the virtual aspect and they're going to continue to do it. But the key of of serving is having people face to face. And so they need to ramp up their teams again. Mm -hmm. And they're looking to get people from out of their homes back into the, the four walls so that they could be Involved in other places of the faith-based organization, and so I had just just uh, last week I had an organization call and say, "Hey, we want to do flyers, invites, you know, the print material going back to the mailers to the these zip codes. How do we do that? How do we get back into that? Because we want to reach people that we have not." Uh, reach before that's in our local area, back to the basis, what is around our building mm-hmm. to make it easier for people to come in and travel.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And and did you, did you advise them to do that and to keep the digital side of what they were up to intact?
1: Yes, uh, because you actually need both. And the reason I say that is because a lot of organizations have also gained membership from individuals who are not in their local area.
0: Right, right. And so
1: we're talking about international members now, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, individuals all the way across the water, have come on board because the faith-based organizations have created new member tracks Mm -hmm. virtually Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. people to find out information about the organization, get involved, attend classes, and watch online. And most, and, and I think most importantly, they're able to donate to a mission that they believe in that may not be in their local area
0: right right yeah it's it it's definitely it's definitely a new a new world there and and we're we're feeling our way through what's this new straddle like mm-hmm. this this uh simultaneous virtual and uh and 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 we realize what a gap I think most people realize what a gap there was in their life when there were no live interactions live community like we're we are wired Right. To be in the community and be social, we're we're not going to be happy just just sitting in front of screens right. all day. I think, I think, yeah, wow, that's uh that you put you you I, you spent twelve years getting there, but you put yourself in, in a very interesting uh, juncture point. Yes. Uh, did 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 it? Uh, not did the pandemic surprise you, but did what happened with your business during this past
1: year and a half surprise you? Um, yes. Yeah. So for maybe about three months, it was how do we um, because a lot of uh, the marketing um, business and faith based are event driven, mm-hmm. if I could say that. So, you know, hey, we're having this concert, we're having this event. Yeah. And so a lot of those things were canceled. Yeah. And so now is how do we create or pivot as an agency to open up more opportunities to say to our clients, this is the time where you need to market. Yeah,
0: yeah. I
1: know every everyone else is slowing down, everyone else is pulling back, but now we change our focus to create those back end right behind the brand systems, like email marketing, yeah. like you know sales funnels and and all of those other things, so that you can continue to engage with individuals. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing that uh was surprising is getting individuals to know that you can do both virtual and in person. Yeah. You can manage both. Yeah. And a lot of times they're overwhelmed like, okay, I just want to go all virtual or this is, you know, in person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And or or I'm sure for a while there was a uh we can't wait to go back as if we were going to go back. Like, sorry, right. we're not going back. Like,
1: no, it's a new normal.
0: It's a new normal. What's well, funny the the uh, the guests that I had on 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 this um, this show last week, last 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 guest I talked with Andrew and Nellie Bonner. They they're based in Spain, but they run um, they run an email industry conference multiple times a year, Inbox Expo. Okay. And, Andrew and Nelly had had Inbox Expo, the live version, scheduled, tickets bought, plane tickets, et cetera, for March 2020. And they closed it down and went virtual on one week's notice. Yes. And pulled it off. Yeah. And I I, I attended the virtual event. Um, I was like, wow, these guys did a heck of a job. They really did. And now, uh, early December, they've got their first sort of reemergent emergent hybrid, virtual, and live again,
1: mm-hmm. conference
0: teed up. And they were talking about exactly It's like, this is the new normal. We do have to figure out how to accommodate this. And we don't really know what's going to work best. You don't want the hybrid attendees. right? You don't want the folks from overseas who are attending services to be spectator only, second class, you know, second class citizens, you know, read only, so to speak. Um, but you can't, Take the flow of a conversation and easily right. include the virtual. What reactions to that? How, how do how do people how do you how are you advising your clients to adapt to this reemergence? So,
1: just an example. Um, I had an organization that is in the medical field, uh, their academy, mm-hmm. and so they planned a in-person event in beautiful uh, Marco Island, and we started the. Ticket sales and of course COVID began to rise in July and June, well June and July. Mm-hmm. And so just within two weeks, we made the decision to one keep the um keep the in-person as well as add the virtual. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we did to accommodate is we had a small, small group. Of all of the speakers, all of the participants, key workers to come to the island live and record. Okay. And so we did some live streaming as well as pre-recorded videos. Mm -hmm. And those who purchased the tickets who wanted to be on the island could still attend, watch in their room virtually, and then just pick up any um, of the swag bags and things like that. Yeah. So I think the best thing is to listen to your audience. So these right. were medical professionals. So just imagine having a live event, yeah. your medical professional, the yeah. PR of that would not be good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, during
1: a time of a pandemic. Yeah. And so um, that client really had to pivot and, and still make things work mm-hmm. and come out profitable. Right. So that was super important. Right. Now, Um, if there's other organizations who could make that adjustment or if they don't have the infrastructure or the budget to create that virtual experience because it is an investment, mm-hmm. really rescheduling and knowing your audience. Are they in person? You know, Is the product? Can we create a great experience virtually with the service or the um, topic that you're discussing?
0: Right. Wow. And and were, did, were you happy and you and your client happy with the success of that move?
1: Yes. Yeah. Nice. Um, there were a lot of learning lessons, right? <laughs> <All bad>. um, <laughs> down to, you know, can, you know, can the iPad actually view, you know, so it was a right. lot of learning lessons that we both learned from just a compatibility standpoint mm-hmm. um, that you would only learn while hitting the go button.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: we were able to take our learning lessons and apply that to the next year's conference where it was hybrid. So having individuals there with COVID uh, restrictions, Mm -hmm. as well as upgrading the virtual experience and really making it hands on, because a lot of times people just equate virtual experience to, hey, let's get on Zoom. But no, a virtual experience is how does that person feel? Did they receive anything in the mail that makes them feel a part of the conference, right? You know, do they have someone chatting with them as live events are going on? Do they have the ability to network with one another or respond and ask questions to the speaker Mm -hmm. and that speaker come out afterwards and have that virtual experience? So really thinking out of the box uh, beyond just the face to face of what we're used to Mm -hmm. every day in a virtual world.
0: Right. Right right yeah that and 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 we're not done <laughs> with that right. re, with that restructure and that 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 fine tuning of what works and and what doesn't and 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 pinpointing the differences that matter right? yes. like, like you just you just said something about the uh you know the the sort of side conversation stuff, and it, you, you made me realize, yeah, one of the things that happens in a live event is the chit chat with the person in the next seat. And that rarely happens in, mm-hmm. in current, at least current virtual platforms. is sort of right. you're spectating passively yep. um, and, and sorry, the chat on the side is not quite the same thing. It, you know, <laughs> it's useful, but it's still not quite the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I have said multiple times and I'll stand by it. We did luck out in terms of the timing of
1: mm-hmm. when COVID
0: hit five years earlier. The infrastructure bandwidth, the sort of readiness yeah. to was not there.
1: No, no, no,
0: no. I've been trying to get people to video conference for years, and they only were starting to do it habitually, you know, right around nineteen nineteen or so, right? Wow. And then yeah, yeah. No, I mean it really, it really was. It used to be, used to be. Golly, I'm going to sound old for a second here. People would expect you to get on a plane to go somewhere mm. for a one hour meeting yeah frankly, I'm really glad that that's not the case anymore. Giddy up, yay, <laughs> that was always kind of stupid. <laughs> and now doing this, right, this kind of intentional virtual conversation, it has mm-hmm. become a bit of a business norm. And frankly, I think it opens up a bunch of doors that yes, were logistically kind of shut before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah
1: and, and it really does free up our schedule, you know, flying to... <sighs> across the state or yeah. you know across the country yeah. that's going to take up 4 hours now we could have you know four conversations in those same 4 hours of traveling yeah and so it does allow us to make more connections yeah um just being really intentional about how do i connect after this after this moment. So the small yeah. thing of you know turning on your camera or yeah. you know having small talk before the meeting, those things matter.
0: Yeah, 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 they really do. Um let's just because it's in the title, let's uh, let's circle around to email a little bit.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Sure. Where, so um where's that fit in your world?
1: Um one of the things that email really does for us, I think is it gives us ownership hmm. as a business. And so we think about social media, we get on um, Facebook, Instagram, all of those uh great or um great companies, social media companies, we don't own it.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and so if I don't know if you experienced it, but when Facebook shut down a couple of weeks ago, I kept restarting my phone. I thought, <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. I think
1: it's wrong. Not wow. realizing, well, your email still works, your phone still is receiving calls. Yeah. But life was almost done when Facebook wow. and Instagram shut down.
0: Fascinating. Fascinating.
1: <laughs> but one of the things that it should have taught every business owner is that you don't, you don't own, own that it. real estate. You,
0: you don't own that real estate. No, I couldn't. Well, it's funny. I mean, ironically, I. I banned facebook uh Instagram etc i've never actually I've never run a Facebook app consciously on my mobile device. I've got a mm-hmm. Facebook account I faithfully check in at least every other month um and it's just like that's just personal that's not a professional thing. it's just like i i I felt like my attention was kind of getting sucked down uh you know fifteen 20 minute rabbit hole with no with not yes. a, not enough return on it so I decided to. But it, it it's given me a little bit of perspective personal perspective on your fundamental point about about owning the you know owning the yes owning the permission to and channel to communicate, which yes. email is one of the few uh, sort of free range. Um, you're in control of your email address, you can share it with me. I can communicate with you and we're not paying anybody or asking anybody that's yes. in your control and my control. Yes. Yeah! Yay!
1: <laughs> and then it 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 does allow you to engage. Um, so you know, making sure we're providing value. To mm. an individual, mm. you know, I'm in branding and I do some business consulting, but one of my partners, she shares with me the grants that are opening up for businesses. And so, one of the things I just did for my personal agency is say, Hey, here's a list of business grants that you can have access to. There was no sales pitch, there was no extra. Hey, go check it out. Right. And so, it allows us to connect on a, on a, um, a regular basis if, if need be, or, and then it allows us to do more business, of course, integrate them into other products and services. Mm. So super important. I think what we have to master is and be okay with, and I have this as well, just personally, is that you want quality over quantity. (laughs) And so in the world of social media, and I am i hope to get to that point where I just get on off and, you know, not be sucked into those rabbit holes. And TikTok has me, oh my, I need to everyone go. Everyone says, everyone uh,
0: says it's just <laughs> deadly good at that. It's it not just you.
1: It is an addiction, yeah. but um, being able to uh, really connect with the right people. Hmm. And so making sure that we're having meaningful engagements, not just, Hey, let me send you something to sell you something, Mm -hmm. but really making sure our audience is interested in what we have to offer as well as the audience is now, um, you know, coming on and taking our services and and products in this really a shared relationship.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Which is, it's a tough, it's a tough balancing act to, 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 to keep that going. It's like, you know, should I share this grant information with this set of people? Hmm. Right. Well, let me guess. Their inbox is overloaded. Yes, check. We know that, right? Um, so send that along. Why? Well, because they might not find it. It might really affect their business. It might be really beneficial for them. You know, they mm-hmm. can't ignore it, which 90% of them will, because it's what you do. Yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a tough cow. Because, you know, do you know anybody whose inbox is not overloaded?
1: No, I don't. Right. I mean,
0: no. I did. I I did. I did throw that question out with a. There was a group conversation a couple months ago, and I said, you know, is is anyone at Inbox Zero? And one guy's like, yeah, me. So like, first thing I do in the morning is clear everything out. <laughs> I
1: was like, oh no, wow. <laughs> respect. <laughs> I I do know. Come to think about it, I do know one person who has it on like auto delete. You know, yeah. At, at Sixty days, yeah. um, it, it deletes everything, and I'm like, "Oh, don't you need some of that important uh, information?" But yeah, I hope to get there one day. You know,
0: I, 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 I don't know where that's all. I don't know where that in, ends up going. I mean, I would argue that that the um, the rise of cloud-based email, Gmail is the easy one to single out, but uh, Office 365 as well that yeah. re- removed the gating factor of local storage made it even harder. I mean, if you delete yes. a message in Gmail, it's not actually deleted. It's in another folder that, you know, that says it's trash, but it's still there. It still shows like, up in searches, right? It's like, didn't actually delete it. And it doesn't, nominally, doesn't cost you anything to leave that up there. So we, like that the 60 day rolling delete, sneakily brilliant. But like you said, that, oh my gosh, I might need this later, is, yeah. is that's a big breaking factor on that. Like, And how many of us are guilty of making our inbox our de facto to-do and filing system?
1: Yes. You know, yeah. almost everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: almost everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and, and email, as I've often said, because I've been around email for a, a, a lot over the decades. Um, I mean, it wasn't designed for the purpose purposes we're putting it to, but it was designed loosely enough where we're able to put it to those purposes. If someone wow. said, I wanted all my communication via text, I'd laugh because it won't work. Right. right? It's like, right. it's not, it's too interruptive. It The storage is actually kind of crap. It's kind of, you know, meant for little tiny <laughs> devices, not for this kind of device and, you know, filing things and keeping things like none of that really works particularly well. And email for better or worse is kind of, evolved into this you know, loose, it's in our control, your fundamental mm-hmm. point, uh, condo that we can use for those things. I, I've done some work in the past with attorneys, and you, you'd think they'd be super uh, on top of confidentiality and security, but they send everything via email, which is-
1: Everything. <laughs> it's, really,
0: it's like the least secure channel you could use, guys. But anyway, yeah. and they expect <laughs> to coordinate stuff on these- awful email threads that go back weeks and you yes. know, email you have to read backwards like the most recent stuff yeah like it's idiotic from a communication design system it's idiotic and yet we stick we stick with it
1: and it doesn't show uh the same on a on a mobile device right <laughs> as a computer <laughs> right, right. So there's times where individuals will say hey i sent you an email and i go search on my phone and it's, it's nothing there. But I search on the computer. All of a sudden, there's their email, unread. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That whole, and the, the, the conversational threading that I think uh, Gmail does was like, that's a big adjustment if you came from a message-by-message message habit. You're like, wait a minute. My back and forth with Nicole is all going to be under the same message. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my head's going to explode.
1: <laughs> and let's not talk about the different uh, categories now that Gmail yeah. has, right? Promotional, yeah, um, regular inbox.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 The email marketers that I speak with uh, like there's, there's a bit of a, uh, about the promotions tab, like yes, a, a, I know. a lot of work to not be there.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And, and, Google would say it makes the experience better for their users. Uh, maybe, but it's also a kind of a default. And what happens with defaults is we accept them. You know, when you mm. when you you know when you turn on a when you turn on a, an Android phone, the default browser is Chrome. Percentage of people who change it very low, right? Yeah. You know, when yeah. you fire up a Mac, default browser is Safari. Percentage of people who change it relatively low although chrome has made some in ways there and and so now the promotions tab I don't know how you I don't even know how to say I don't want a promotions tab so Yeah me neither
1: really, is um, it really I,
0: consumer choice
1: Um they do have some options in in settings yeah. but some of those emails that fall in there I, I actually do want to know you know about them yeah. Yeah. but not in a promotions tab
0: <laughs> right, and apparently, if you drag out of now, we're getting really email geeky. If you drag something out of the promotions tab enough times, uh, Gmail says, "Oh, that re- you know that sender." Yes. This person wants to be in the inbox. Okay, got it. But you just maybe do work to yes. change the structure that you guys imposed. As it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, everything in the inbox wasn't necessarily great either. We all put up with it. Right. Or we developed our own, you know, sort of filtering and and automation to route things around. But oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get easier. I uh, I I use a. I was I was telling someone the other day. I actually pay for an email client, which I know is a shocking thing to say out loud. But there's an email plat, email client called Superhuman. Works. It okay. only works. Yeah. Have you heard of it? No superhuman. Um, I, and I, I, I signed up thinking, oh, this is a 30 buck experiment. I'll write a blog post. There's no way I'm going to pay for an email client. They did such an adroit job of making it ridiculously fast wow, and ridiculously keyboard and keystroke centric that it gamified email successfully, yeah. for me at least. Wow, so if I'm reading through messages and there's a message from some list that I signed up for you know x number of years ago that I never read, yeah, if I hit the u key on the keyboard i it's on un, it unsubscribes me,
1: Wow,
0: right? Would I ever go to the trouble of reading down, finding the link, clicking it, go to the web page, do the unsubscribe no, no
1: right? No. I just
0: hit I just delete it or ignore it, which costs them a send. And all that other stuff. And the superhuman guys are like, no, 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 no. It's all got to be keyboard centric. If I wanted, if you sent me an email and I said, oh, I got to call her back next week, one keystroke to schedule to have it surface again next week and it just disappears until then.
1: Oh, I need that class.
0: <laughs> and here, here I'm going superhuman commercial. But the, for me, at least, the reason I've stuck with it is that speed and gamification yeah. have helped with the volume, it, you know, it's, it's 30 bucks worth of time easily yeah. <laughs> that I get back. Yeah. 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 Interesting, and, huh?
1: Yeah. And that's with, um, you know, that those entrepreneurs that have to do so many roles. Yeah. I am looking to automate Everything. a lot of pieces in my life, whether personally yeah. or in business. And yeah. that really sounds like it does save you a lot of time where you can focus on things that that actually bring you money and income.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or that, you know, or bring you, you know, something of value, yes. interest, yes. attention, focus, learning something of value. I, I, I do think, and now we're really wandering a field. It, it, it intrigues me that, that um I'll say this as carefully as I can learning the keyboard shortcuts plays a mm-hmm. big role in, in attention and focus. Like, you know, email client that I can go ding ding and it and it's sort of dealt with. Yes. Um, or text shortcuts, which I use oh, I use ridiculous amount. Um why? Because I don't want to type Matthew Dunn again, right? Yes. <laughs> like for the nine pedallionth <laughs> time, right? If I can yes. do it in one key or two keys, that seems like a little thing, but it's really a big thing over
1: it. Yes. Time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was looking at the text expander I used the other day. And it said that it had saved me sixty hours in the last year. Wow. That's a lot of time to get back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something I found um, that, that's been very useful in is just the AI copywriters. You know, hey. Oh, have AI- you? Interesting. Yes, um, because it's just like, hey, I need to say this. I'm going to say it in my own terms Mm -hmm. and it can help expand the thought, give you, um, you know, much more time and freedom back from sitting there, writing emails, writing texts, writing social media posts. So that's been something that I, I have incorporated into my business as well.
0: So what's your emotional relationship with Spellcheck?
1: Um, I have Grammarly, the premium version.
0: Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> and so I, I do appreciate it. There are times where I, uh, I would say, hey, no, nah, I, I want to say it like this. Right. And so um, I don't have full trust, yeah. but I do lean um, on it and have found that it has been helpful in larger, you know, um, pro- projects. I am getting a little used to. I know we're talking about email, but Gmail has the finisher sentence. They finish
0: your sentence, yeah.
1: Um, uh, you know, feature, which is very interesting. I really want to understand how they've gathered all of that data and mm. know what I'm trying to say. And that means you definitely had to read the email that came in before to find what is more fitting, yeah. and so that is kind of scary and interesting as we evolve <laughs> in our AI world.
0: <laughs> well, they've got you know that's one of the benefits of uh, having 1.2 billion email inboxes is that there's a lot of inbound email to to do you know pattern pattern learning on pattern detection on to train. AIs doesn't mean they are reading your email, but it does mean that we've all donated access to a lot of patterns mm. to help perfect that, Um, you know, ungodly amount of compute power to try and make sense of it. I, I use that feature as well. I like it more on mobile. Cause I find typing on mobile a pain.
1: Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And,
0: and on a keyboard sometimes and occasionally, but I, you know, as a, as a fast, typist uh i i don't i don't it's not as consciously a need yeah. and i'm the guy who just said i like keyboard shortcuts so <laughs> make sense of that one if you will <laughs> yeah brave, brave 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 and strange new uh strange new world that we're inhabiting um that that finish the sentence thing has has a funny challenge too because i'm i'm guessing it's better at relatively stock phraseology you know like so, so look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Okay, that's right. been said in yeah. English a lot of times. Yeah, if you're doing something a lot more distinct, you know, my advice for your brand is please do not fill in that blank for me. Right,
1: right, <laughs> right. My, right. My
0: value is saying yes. what I what I said after the first part of the phrase. There,
1: right, yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, please let me know if you have any questions. Yeah, that kind about, of stuff. You know. Hi, Matthew. You know they'll fill in the name and things yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. The social closers. I I find, and now we'll really go down an email rabbit hole. I find the selling science of cold email a, a little bit fascinating, a little bit scary. How carefully the companies who do a lot of that study every word, yes, and phrase, and how carefully email marketing companies work on subject lines and the, you know, the, the, the tweak and the difference in result. And I get that it matters, but it also feels manipulative.
1: <laughs> it does. And it is. And it that's, is. <laughs> that's a process of, um, uh, of marketing yeah. really, uh, those buzzwords, yeah. uh, having yeah. them within the body that causes the mind and preps the mind to, to buy or continue in the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but it, it's it's everywhere. It's in commercials, it's in social media, it's in email. Yeah. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean we're all we're all we're all bit lab rats now because networks run both ways, right? Your mm-hmm. your your the web page you hit tells the guy who hosts whose web it is that you hit it, where you were from, what kind of browser you used, all that other stuff. And we've got the controversy going right now in email of of Apple clamping down on what they called spy pixels. I don't know if you've been tracking that one. Um, Apple is reporting. A- Apple is sending the flag that we've used for 20 years to indicate email open for everything that hits an iPhone.
1: So mm-hmm. all of a sudden,
0: open rates are going, right? And they're going to become useless, potentially, because of that wow. decision by Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big deal for marketing. Yeah. Yeah. For email definitely I have to
1: deal. look at that after. Yeah, not,
0: um, MPP which stands for mail privacy protection if you search MPP and, yeah. and email you'll you'll find some of the um, some of the details on that and it's definitely stirred up the email marketing world more than a fair bit because because they've used the same mechanism for two decades and now all of a sudden it's getting changed
1: change yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh well.
0: Oh, well, we didn't want it all to stay static and stay the same. It does seem like the big, the really big players, the, you know, the Apples, the Amazons, the Googles uh, yeah. can make moves like that. And the rest of us just have to adapt.
1: You just have to follow.
0: It's like Google changing search algorithms. Like,
1: right? <laughs> it's
0: not like you get a protest. You just have to adapt.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Is that website SEO? Is that domain Do you end up helping your clients with that world as well?
1: Yes. Uh, So we have a team within our agency we really focus on um seo mm-hmm. and making sure um that we are doing it it really does take a lot you know you can't just do one Mm-mm. you know we're just going to do blogs and that's the only thing um we definitely have to do a lot on multiple search engines right and so that uh, affects your score and how you're viewed and your authority score On Google. And so we have put checklists in place to make sure we are hitting um, all aspects, even just setting up a website and saying, "Okay, we want to do Google Analytics where there's about four more apps of Google. Blank that you have to put in and install in in your website just to get a full dashboard of analytics so that you know how to um, actually, you know, move forward and make wiser decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Google Analytics. (laughs) Man, mastering that thing. (sighs) Yeah. It takes a substantial investment of time. It does. It's it like, does. And I mean, yeah, it's indispensable, but just like God, exhausting as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just adding a user to yeah. your Google, Google yeah. Analytics yeah. profile. Yeah. yeah. Be, you have to go down like three tabs mm-hmm. and then finally find users.
0: Because it's but- that it's that complex. I've got um, you can't see it because of the camera, but I've got I, 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 I've got two monitors in front of me. I've got another monitor here and then an, and then a older iMac with a big monitor here and on the mm-hmm. two outboard ones. So what is that? Four screens total. Yeah. On the Two outboard ones. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got six Google analytics tabs showing the real time view of various websites and apps so that I can keep an eye Oh, they It's like, yeah. it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> just ridiculous. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, oh, look, someone from Tampa, Florida is visiting the website, but right. it's ridiculous that it's all sitting there like that all the time.
1: And then really, you know, from an agency standpoint, you now have to have a dedicated person. Um, that is knowledgeable just okay. around there. A yeah, dedicated person think. knowledgeable around Facebook and Instagram. It's just like now it's more complex. and because of the changes in one platform to the next, mm. you literally have to have a team that is diverse on and experts in one platform.
0: Yeah. well, I mean that that is the new that you know, we, we've made the shift from the media landscape of newspaper, radio, television, uh, you know, we've got—I think—over half of the ad spend in in the country is shifted to digital. Pretty sure that's mm-hmm. right. So, you know, of course, it got more complex, and of course, it became more specialization required. And yes. I mean, it's kind of natural. No one, no one ever just said, "I, you know, here's a piece of paper. I think I'll do a television ad." There were layers and <laughs> expertise and advice in between. You know, you and the final result then and we're, we're doing the same kind of uh stacking up complexities if maybe even worse mm-hmm. uh, in the digital domain it is daunting for a smaller business and it, it, like it, you must run into this with your clients where they're like
1: Ugh. yes yep to the point where some of them just like okay i'm gonna hand this to you guys and yeah. see yeah. you later yeah and so it's <laughs> just like drawing them in to know you know Ultimately, the, the basis of marketing is relationship. Yeah. And so even though you we have come on as partners, it's so important to keep the foundational principles of relationship marketing. Hmm. And you have to be a part of the voice and development of that as a client. Right. And so that's some of the conversations I, I have with my clients as well. Yes, we're going to take the healthy lifting off for you. But we still want you to be a part of the process.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're just helping facilitate that relationship marketing. You're not. Can't, you can't actually be the relationship.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 So foreclosure, where where do you where do you see Emmy Marketing heading? Where do you want to take this uh, enterprise of yours?
1: Yeah. So. Um, We have really been focused on uh, Behind the Brand, which is a new program Mm -hmm. that is based on four areas, Um, uh, being, belief, business and bank. And so we want to help our clients to not just go to the next level in their business and in their banking aspect. But we want to look and see, hey, what is the relationships you're having with your clients? What do you believe? What You know, let's have some foresight on where you see your company going, as well as um, how are you doing as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and how that affects the growth of your business. Mm-hmm. So over the next, um, and I think the pandemic has really helped us to come up with this because, um, as you know, mental health has really gone up during the pandemic, and so if a person is is struggling in all of those areas, and they come and they can't get out of bed, it's going to mm-hmm. affect their business. It's going to affect their bank. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have built on another team and have some um, strategic partners that are experts in their field to come on board to help facilitate a course. Uh, you know, online videos that they can access at any time that Mm -hmm. focuses on there. That is a supplement to our marketing campaigns that we built for them.
0: Wow. Wow. That's a, it's a very healthy and balanced thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you able to practice? Are you able to practice what you quite literally preach in this case?
1: Yes. So I will tell you that um, because I know from experience it's, it's difficult it's difficult to do because when business calls, um, it requires, especially if you're a smaller business and growing, we have grown to six employees now. Nice. Um, but I know when it's, uh, by myself, when I was by myself, just having to do everything, my days were, you know, 12, 14 hours. Now I'm probably down to maybe nine, uh, you know, 10 to nine hours, mm-hmm. but um, the aspect of making sure my mental health is super important um, to the growth of my agency is, is so important. Two things that um, I've done to put it in practice. Here's some simple things. It's not business related, but I have uh, brought on board in my personal home a, a laundry service <laughs> and a cleaning service. <laughs> and so what, what that allows me to do is get back, you know, two to four hours of laundry time. Yeah, And then yeah. I built a relationship where the cleaning service comes in every two weeks yeah. and gives me back, you know, two hours of my time and yeah. it allows me to spend that with my son.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 And you had to give yourself permission to go ahead and do that, right?
1: Yes. Because, you know, as a woman, that is our pride. You know, we take care of our home and nobody else can do it like us. Yeah. But I had to realize I where is my impact? Yeah. And yeah. and it, it'll become easier when you understand. I call it your gift of genius. If I'm making a greater impact over yeah. here. Yeah. But I'm more focused on the lower level of duties, that is actually someone else's genius, where they Mm -hmm. make the most impact, Mm -hmm. then um, not only will my income suffer, but also my mental state, because I'm not happy and fulfilled. And that's the most important is as we are building a brand, as we are doing business, are we happy and are we fulfilled? If not, we need to make a shift Hmm. in order to do that. We have to be um, we have to take a step back from business. Like you said, you know, I got off of Facebook and there were probably some things that you wanted to focus on and really hone in. Hmm. And so we have to take a step back and realize that's the most important thing is you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Nice (laughs) closer. Well, what a delight to speak with you, Nicole.
1: Yes, it was definitely a delight as well. Thank you so much.
0: Where does someone find if they're listening to this and they say, wow, I could use your help, where does someone go? Let's be old-fashioned on the web yes. <laughs> to find you.
1: And, and 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 I'm gonna say this the old-fashioned way: www.ministryeventmarketing.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we look forward to connecting with you. You can find us on all social media platforms at ministry event marketing. And yes, thank you so much. You can schedule a free consultation with one of our agents and we'll be happy to help you create a brand that inspires.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Denise. I'm going to hit end.
1: All right, thanks.
0: Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to the Future of Email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it. And of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag futureofemail. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail or follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.